What is crack-a-lacking hardware knocks listeners? I am Dan Valley coming at you with something different. Uh, rather than come out with a second entire mailbag this week, I have a bunch of questions stored up. I'll save them for Monday from Twitter and YouTube. I apologize if anyone's listening to us and uh, didn't have their question answered immediately. I'm going to try something uh, called one question where I take either I've been having a conversation with someone on the side or just something I've been thinking about and try and ta- tackle that topic in a very short amount of time. Uh, the goal will be for this to never replace one of my full-length podcasts, and I don't know how often I'm going to continue to basically go daily. I hope people have appreciated that. We'll see if the downloads reflect as much. Uh, but the goal will be these will just be add-ins. If they're a third, fourth, or fifth episode a week, unless something obviously goes wrong with my availability is all kinds of fucked up, let me know if you enjoy the format. And if you have a question, uh, get at us in Discord. The link is in the podcast description. Uh, it's also in the YouTube description. Uh, and look, if you're new around these parts and you're stumbling on this because of the subject matter I'm about to tackle, consider throwing us that permanent subscription. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, we tr- I try and do a very thorough job of covering the entire NBA. Uh, we bounce around a ton, have a lot of fun here. No one takes themselves too seriously. It's a good time. Uh, follow us on all the show- socials. The links to that are in the podcast description as well. With that, we get to the question that I'm going to tackle, and it's inspired by a conversation I've been having with uh, Pell's Dozen in my direct messages, when, and he messaged me, and it was sort of, we've talked about a bunch of different stuff, but this has been among them. Uh, should, it's not just should the New Orleans Pelicans trade for Kevin Durant. It's can the New Orleans Pelicans trade for Kevin Durant without giving up Brandon Ingram. The answer to that question for most people is going to be a resounding no. Because the Nets want an all-star and picks for Kevin Durant. There are some assumptions and other questions we need to answer first. And that's a few things. Would Kevin Durant want to go to New Orleans to where the Pelicans are giving up a ton of value? We're just going to assume that he would. Otherwise, you're not putting anything on the table. Nothing that follows would be offered if you don't think Kevin Durant is all in with you. He's entering his age 34 season, has a checkered injury history over the past three years. You don't acquire him without some level of, of knowledge that he wants to be with you, uh, especially if you're going to include a Brandon Ingram. Now, why would the Nets accept a package that wouldn't include Brandon Ingram? There, there are two ways for this. I still think the Nets are going to have to skew one way or the other. Kevin Durant is great. I ultimately don't think if and when they move him, they're going to get as much as they want or anywhere near it. You're going to have to prioritize either a bunch of picks or getting that current slash youngest all-star. And if you're giving up Brandon Ingram, and you're the Pelicans, given KD's age, you're not going to include all the picks in the world. What's interesting about the Pelicans situation is that if Utah, uh, excuse me, if if, uh, Brooklyn wants picks, the Pelicans can give them more than most. And they also have some interesting young prospects in Dyson Daniels, just like the number eight this year. And then Trey Murphy III really came on at the end of last season, looked fantastic in summer league. They can also get to the salary matching without Brandon Ingram, uh, to, to meet the, the, the math for, for KD's money, which is just over $44.1 million. They can also, because of these picks, they have, and look, specifically we're talking about the Lakers one in 2024, which they can defer till 2025. They also have a Bucks pick in 2027. That's like not nothing. Giannis is going to be around for roughly ever, uh, but that pick, if, if I'm understanding, I don't, I don't think it's, they have a swap on Milwaukee's as well in 26-2, but it's, it's unprotected. That's pretty far enough down the line to where, you know, wow. Uh, that's a huge asset in itself. You just hedge your, your bets against the Bucks' 
uncertainty. We're talking a half decade away. Anything could happen. And it's, yes, Giannis will still be kicking. Uh, maybe he'll still be the best player in the NBA at that point. But anything could happen with the other players in that team. Drew and Chris Middleton aren't exactly young. Neither is Brooke Lopez. And uh, their depth isn't admirable at this point. I would bet on the Bucks figuring it out because Giannis Antetokounmpo is that good. But to have a distant Lakers first and then a distant Bucks first, in addition to everything the Pels can give you with their own draft equity, because they don't owe any first-round picks anymore. They are a, a net neutral in their own first-round pick ledger. They're net plus in first-round picks overall. But they can offer more picks than any team in the league, I would hazard, except the Knicks. The Thunder could be in there too, but like they're in the top three to five of if you want a draft pick haul, they can offer you that. Now, let's say Brooklyn still doesn't want that draft pick haul. Uh, can you still get to a point where you're not giving up Brandon Ingram? I don't know, but because you have so many picks, you could turn around realistically and try and facilitate a trade where Donovan Mitchell ends up in Brooklyn or another all-star ends up in Brooklyn. If it's Donovan Mitchell, among others, Ben Simmons also needs to be moved. And that's all of a sudden part of the calculus. But you could either get value for Ben Simmons, or maybe if you're the Nets, you don't want his contract on the books. I'm saying there are avenues for the Pelicans to explore here uh, that aren't open to every other team. And that would include, I think, the Knicks, who can really overwhelm you with the volume of their picks and prospects. But the quality of them are questionable once you move beyond the Knicks' own picks. I think a lot of the Knicks' youngsters, I'm talking Obi Toppin, IQ, even R.J. Barrett to some extent, and definitely Quentin Grimes, are probably underappreciated nationally by other teams. But it's also the Knicks' fault because they signed guys, specifically this last season, who wound up playing um, in front of an IQ, in front of an Obi Toppin when you look at Julius Randle and the way that Tibbs doesn't want to play certain front courts. Um, they obfuscated R.J. Barrett's offensive role in the pecking order. So they're viewed as sort of these unimpressive known quantities when that's not what they are but you look at a Dyson Daniels or a Trey Murphy the third who had a strong showing in the playoffs um on top of Dyson Daniels now coming over as this like Swiss army knife who if he has a jumper if that gets put together he becomes um an incredible player maybe one of the you know uh, someone with a lot higher of a ceiling than I think was credited uh, when he was entering the draft there's just more mystery box higher end mystery box appeal attached to um to some of these guys and I also think just Trey Murphy the third and then Dyson Daniels being the positions that they play as wings, um, they're going to be more attractive than an IQ or an Obi Toppin, who's definitely a one-position player. Some teams could get away uh, with him at the five. And R.J. Barrett, yeah, he's a wing, but he's already extension eligible. The Jazz don't want to pay that. The, the Nets aren't going to want to pay that, I would assume. Uh, Quentin Grimes would be an exception, but he's on the smaller side for a wing. We're talking about some like actual-sized, bigger wings in Dyson Daniels and and Trey Murphy the third. So that's why I think the Pelicans can get involved in this. It's going to take one, Kevin Durant wanting to be in New Orleans, and then the Nets skewing one direction or the other. Because even if you get them Donovan Mitchell as part of this complicated trade that moves off Ben Simmons, they're still not going to get the draft equity that they wanted because so much of that equity is going to be spent, sent to Utah to get Donovan Mitchell in Brooklyn. But I do think the Pelicans have the asset flexibility to do all these things where they don't include Zion, where they don't include CJ McCollum, and they don't include Brandon Ingram, and their offer is still on par with the others that are going to be available that we can reasonably assume. And so let's go through what that offer would look like. I'm just spitballing here. I don't know how many picks it's going to take. I'm throwing out what would be the best, most attractive possible offer from New Orleans that doesn't include, uh, they can't trade Zion, but doesn't include CJ or Ingram. So you need to get to between uh, 35.2 and 35.3 million to bring in Kevin Durant's salary, which is 44.1.
they get that with Devontae Graham has two guaranteed uh, years left on his deal. Uh, and you have Larry Nance Jr. Then there's Jackson Hayes, Trey Murphy the third, and Dyson Daniels get you there, I believe. You also have um, Garrett Temple's $5.2 million salary. And if you want to move Jonas Valanciunas, if the Nets are interested in having him, he can't be the deal breaker that um, you know hurts the deal. If the Nets want him instead of Larry Nance Jr. or another team wants him instead of Larry Nance Jr., I thought something the Nets could do is would Toronto give up Ken Burch in a first-round pick um, in this coming draft if they know they're not going to have Kevin Durant for Larry Nance Jr., who's sort of right up their alley? I don't know. Um, that'd be adding money to their payroll. Perhaps that's too high a price to pay. You could reroute Larry Nance Jr. to another team. But that's the... We're getting into four and five for one territory, but because it's the offseason, you can work within that. But it would be the... The non-negotiable aspects would be Trey Murphy III and Dyson Daniels are both going out. Um, I don't have Herb Jones in this deal. I'm sure maybe the Nets asked for him, but let's get to the draft equity first. I'm talking more along the lines of salary filler. I don't think Jackson Hayes is necessarily salary filler either. He is extension eligible. The Nets already have Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp. Again, this is why maybe you need third and fourth teams. Or do they prefer Kyra Lewis Jr.? the human blur coming back from an ACL injury. You could go that route where he basically subs in for Jackson Hayes' salary. You need to come up with other ways to get to KD's money. My point is, is that you include Trey Murphy III and Dyson Daniels. You can get to the rest of the KD money with the the salary. I don't want to call it direct because these are useful players, but Devontae Graham, who the Nets could use if they're not going to have Kyrie Irving, even though Patty Mills is still there. Larry Nance Jr.'s expiring deal. And again, Jonas Valanciunas with two years, a little over $30 million left on his contract if you need it. And then there's smaller salary matching tools. Inagara Temple, Jackson Hayes, who you could consider expiring or just a nice flyer on a, on a young guy. Uh, I would look, if I'm the Nets, I might even push for the Kyra Lewis flyer here just to see what he turns into. Uh, the Pelicans aren't going to need him. Uh, you could also ask for Jose Alvarado or Herb Jones. Again, I'm basing this on the offer of being in... The money is not, matching the money is not going to be the issue. But I'm saying you start with Dyson Daniels and Trey Murphy the third. Now, what are you offering in, in terms of pick equity? This is where it gets, where the Pelicans can really blow you over. Let's just, the Pelicans own picks. They could go 23, 2023, 25, 27, and 29. They can also give you the Lakers pick in 24 or 25, and then the Bucks pick in 2027. That is six first round picks there. And I haven't even, like... That's not the the like, that's not all that they can give. Are we including swaps at this point? Um, they can include Milwaukee's 2025 first round pick themselves, which is protected five to thirty. It's owed to the Knicks uh, at one to four. Uh, it's protected one to four, so it would go to it goes to the Knicks if it's five to thirty. So forget Milwaukee's first round pick here. I'm sorry, I was reading those pick commitments wrong. That was a complicated one. But you could also get into swaps now. So if New Orleans is willing to include their own distant swaps, let's say in it, it would have to work out to when the Nets are actually going to have picks, but if they're willing to include um, swaps in this deal as well, but you could give Brooklyn, let's set it up this way, six first-round picks, 23, 25, 27, and 29 of your own. And you could structure it differently if you want to, um, if Brooklyn wants 24, 26, and 28, and then do swaps in the subsequent years. But you could give four of your own first-round picks, the Lakers pick, the Bucks pick, Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy the third, and then again, you're building the rest of the package around what I would view mostly as salary-matching tools, even if it's Jackson Hayes, but Kyra Lewis Jr., giving the Nets like a flyer on one of those guys. Let's say Ky Kyra Lewis Jr. still really intrigues me because he's so fast, um, and I think that 
uh, if he's healthy, there might be a really good player in there. And look, Larry Nance Jr. is really good too. So, like, if you're the Nets and you're trying to remain competitive, this package doesn't necessarily do that. You could get something else for Larry Nance Jr. Maybe you get something else for Jackson Hayes. If Kyra Lewis is, if Kyra Lewis Jr.'s value sort of reboots or he establishes himself in the NBA, uh, that flyer pans out. You get more value for him, or you keep him long term. And again, if you're the, let's say, let's throw the Jazz into this. It shouldn't take six first round picks and um, Dyson Daniels and oh my God, Trey Murphy the third. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, to get Donovan Mitchell alone. So if you're the Nets, you could feasibly, if you're willing to move Ben Simmons somewhere else, you get Donovan Mitchell. Some of the draft pick value here, I can't tell whether Danny, Danny Ainge would probably want picks over players. And so if you're the Nets and you are trying to remain competitive, maybe you get, let's say Dyson Daniels, or let's say you get Trey Murphy the third and Donovan Mitchell, then whatever you get for Ben Simmons. Um, but then most of the picks, maybe you're getting one or two of the picks. And I'm not even saying it would take all six, but that's what the Pelicans' best offer could look like, is six first-round picks, plus Trey Murphy III, plus Dyson Daniels, and then you get to the salary, step ladder your way there without Ingram or CJ McCollum. Does that compare to what other teams are going to offer? Well, look at, like, let's just consider the two other teams that are heavily involved. Um, Phoenix now, they have Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks, three swaps. Jay Crowder's money gets you there. They go Dario Sarch as well. Yeah, maybe you're more intrigued to short Phoenix's long-term future if you're Brooklyn. But, like, does Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, like, is, is that making up the value here of getting six? Again, you could get up to six first-round picks, Dyson Daniel and Trey Murphy the third. That's a full-on reboot, reboot for Brooklyn. And I don't subscribe to the idea that because the Rockets control their draft, they can't tank. Um, they could tank next year because it's a swap. And the Rockets are probably going to be pretty bad, too. And so you could still end up with a, with a top pick. I I would think that top dollar offer from New Orleans, especially if you're going to be including either uh, some players that could be rerouted to other teams for value, like in a Larry Nance Jr., maybe even in a Kyra Lewis or a Jackson Hayes, if you're going to include those uh, that talent, like I think that beats Phoenix's best offer right now since Aiton can't be sent to a third team until January and he would have veto power there. Uh, it's at least on par with it. And then Miami's, I would say, blows it out of the water. And that's, again, without including Brandon Ingram. So we're talking Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovic. I still have yet to figure out how they would... They can't really make a Kevin Durant deal if they're keeping Butler and Adebayo um, without including Kyle Lowry. Uh, so let's just throw Kyle Lowry in there with Jovic, Tyler Hero. Again, let's assume Miami um, negotiates the protections off that Thunder pick, they, uh, the pick they owe to the Thunder in 2025. So you could go three first three swaps to Brooklyn or just three firsts, this New Orleans offer beats that. This New Orleans offer beats that. And then what other team is going to come out of the woodwork? We've talked a lot about Memphis on this podcast, and I think others have too. They really seem to value their young core and their own developmental process. Case in point being what they did around the draft. They let Kyle Anderson walk. It seems like they believe Jake LaRavia can slide right in there immediately and have a lot of faith in Zaire Williams. They don't seem like a team that's going to go after it. Atlanta, what is their best offer? I guess, I mean, between John Collins and Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson, future draft equity, their draft equity is limited because of how much they traded away in the Murray trade, though. So it beats that. Does it beat a Boston offer built around Jalen Brown and picks? And Boston's limited. They traded their 2023 pick, and they have a 2028 swap owed to San Antonio. They could go 25 and 27 and then 29 if they wanted to with Jalen Brown. 
I think Boston could maybe beat the Pelicans offer if Brooklyn's trying to straddle that line of we want to remain competitive. We have Jalen Brown to do that. And then we want these picks that could be used in other trades or to actually use. It might be on par. I just don't think the Celtics are going to get there. Charlotte, nothing. Chicago, nothing. Cleveland, unless you're giving up Evan Mobley or Darius Garland, who is Garland's now super hard to trade because he signed his extension. No. I just, they could give up a bunch of picks and Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, Akbaji. They could do that. And that might be more appealing than Miami's offer. If you went, if you, trading Jared Allen back to Brooklyn would be objectively hysterical. But that could beat Miami's offer. I don't think it's on par with what New Orleans is not close to that without Mobley or Garland again. Dallas, I just, what are they offering? They just, they're so hamstrung and like, yeah, they can offer distant picks, but that's it. And then they need like this bad salary to, to match Kevin Durant's deal. Denver, man, if they put Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on the table, I, I've just wondered, but they're both coming back from injuries. They've traded away so much of their future draft equity. They do have Bones Highland. Still no. I don't think there's a te- they, their team that goes after Kevin Durant, but still no. Detroit, if they include Jaden Ivey and a bunch of their own draft picks, maybe you start to rival what New Orleans is offering. Uh, they're not doing that. They, like, they, I, I'd be shocked they went there. Golden State with Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, future draft equity, Andrew Wiggins, that combination of stuff. Let's not forget about Jordan Poole. I think they could rival New Orleans' offer, and they can they can maybe balance what Brooklyn's looking for better than New Orleans in the sense that Jordan Poole's established, Wiggins is established, these young players, and Wiseman, if he's healthy, and Kaminga might be ready to compete now. Uh, ditto for Moody, and then you're still getting draft equity. Bob Myers seemed to think that the Warriors were out on that sweepstakes. I wouldn't view the Warriors as a threat unless the price of KD comes down. Houston's a no. They're not offering Jalen Green and or Jabari Smith Jr. The Pacers, they're not going to get involved with this. Uh, the Clippers, if they offered Paul George and they can trade a 2028 first rounder at this point, you have Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris Sr. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, they're not, if they offer Paul George, I still would prefer the New Orleans package. I'd rather rebuild if I'm Brooklyn with this New Orleans package, or at least some close variation of it. Again, I'm not saying that's the cost, but if it gets you to keep Ingram, and you've given up Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy III, literally any other players, a combination of players outside your your core, maybe you're fighting to keep her Jones there. If it's those two, as the meat and potatoes of the deal, and then draft equity plus salary filler... The Pelicans should do it if KD wants to go there, or if they have even a, like a faint, uh, a like hint that he wants to be in New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota can't do it. Miami, we went over them. We went over Memphis. The Lakers can't do it. Uh, the Knicks, I guess if they wanted to, like they could field some interesting offers for KD. I think it says a lot about um, them though, and and what they're focused on that they're more involved in the Mitchell sweepstakes. Uh, but if they wanted to throw all the picks plus R.J. Barrett and Quentin Grimes on the table, they they could rival the Pelicans' offer. Again, I would rather short the Knicks' future than New Orleans' future, is my point. So if you start getting the, the Knicks' picks in play in addition to Grimes and Barrett, if you don't mind paying him, IQ, Obi Toppin, those are guys that I think fans of other teams and maybe um, just people who watch basketball – uh, nationally, just don't appreciate how good some of the Knicks youngsters could be. Uh, my bias might be kicking in there, though. But it's in part because if you don't appreciate the Knicks youngsters because of the, the Knicks. OKC would be funny, but they can't even... The salary matching is too complicated. It would cost them, Shea. Orlando, they're not going to do it. Philly, they have Tyrese Maxey and could go with Tobias Harris. And Maxey might be the single most valuable trade asset in the NBA that's actually available, uh, where I don't think the Sixers are looking to move him. But my point here would be, What's more likely to happen? The Sixers give up Maxi in a KD trade or the Pistons give up Cade 
or the Raptors give up Barnes, and we'll get to them in a second. So, yeah. Uh, Phoenix, we already talked about them. Portland can't really... I mean, you have Shaden Sharp, and then it's tough to get to the salary matching here right now. Uh, Sacramento, no. San Antonio, not operating on that timeline. Toronto is interesting. If they include Scotty Barnes, yes. If you go OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. as the basis, and then your entire draft, so let's just say four firsts and three swaps... I'm not interested in shorting Toronto's future as much. If it's Siakam and your entire draft or or Barnes is in there, they need to include Barnes or Siakam, I think, to beat out New Orleans' offer. And even then, I'm going to be more interested, with all due respect to New Orleans, in shorting their long-term future, um, if only because they're also giving you Bucks and Lakers picks post-2024. And the odds that one of those three teams just send you back a really good pick are probably exponentially higher than Toronto, who has been able to mine value outside of the draft and just been a really solid franchise overall under Masai Ujiri. Uh, I think New Orleans, even without Ingram, beats pretty much every Toronto package unless you include Scotty Barnes or it's Pascal Siakam in your entire draft. And if I'm Toronto, I'm not offering Siakam and my entire draft. Like it's Siakam and it's Siakam, I'm sorry. Siakam and then I'm limiting the draft equity that I'd give up there. Nope. Uh, Utah's not going to go after it. Washington, finally. If you dangle KP, Denny Avdia, and then just a bunch of your own future draft picks, gets interesting. Does it beat New Orleans with Trey Murphy III, Dyson Daniels? And again, they could get up to... And they can get up to more than this, the way the picks are structured, by the way. But let's just say six first. That's the top. The non-Ingram package that's their best offer is anyone who's not Ingram, McCullen, McCollum, Zion, obviously plus Trey Murphy III, plus Dyson Daniels, and then six first-round picks. And you could include swaps in there. Like, there's a way to include swaps as well. I'm not advocating for New to do this on a whim, but the verdict here for me is that when we fast-forward, I do think the Nets are going to choose one side of the fence or the other. And again, maybe this is part of a complicated transaction that gets the Nets a more established player in addition to some of this draft equity. If you told me KD wanted to go to New Orleans, I believe, or was willing to go to New Orleans, I believe that the Pelicans could acquire Kevin Durant without trading Ingram or CJ McCollum and that they could feasibly, plausibly, if KD is willing and wants to, actively wants to go there, Ingram, McCollum, Zion, KD, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, like that's a real core that I think they could have. And maybe they still have Jonas Valanciunas and or Larry Nance Jr. afterwards. It would have to, one of them, at least one of them has to go. So they're going to have Jonas Valanciunas or Larry Nance Jr. on top of that. I mean, that is that the title favorite if that happens? I I might pick that team to win the title. I'd be interested in the Nuggets, the Warriors still, uh, a healthy Buck squad, um, Boston as well. I still am just so high on the Raptors. It's unbelievable. But there's a really strong chance that if you're getting Kevin Durant and McCollum, Herb Jones, Zion, and Ingram are all still there, I'm going to pick the Pelicans to win the title. That's the verdict here. Again, let me know what you think of this format, about this entire topic in general. Until next time, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you're getting your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It would mean the world to me. Comment, like, throw us likes, let the algorithm will love us back as well. And finally, as always, I need to shout out to the one, the only, the player who could be traded straight up for KD if only he made more money because he's so damn valuable, Frank Wood.